Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and I am the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Today on the podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Carolyn Mooney. She covers uh, the Bruins, the Pride, and BU women's hockey for a variety of outlets. Uh, we had a great chat about uh, the Bruins and uh, what we can expect moving forward, so we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I wanted to remind you that you can um, yeah, f- download the show wherever podcasts are available, uh, please spread the word on social media or, uh, yeah, when you're hanging out with your friends, people who love the Bruins as much as we do, uh, let them know about the podcast. Uh, that would be great. Also, coming up uh, in a little bit, we'll take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for now, let's get right to my chat with Carolyn. I'm joined now by Carolyn Mooney, who is a uh, journalism student at BU and who covers the Boston Pride and the Bruins uh, for various outlets, which uh, I'll let her talk about later on. But uh, thanks so much for taking some time to chat today, Carolyn. How are you doing today? Doing great. How are you today, Ian? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm uh, missing missing the Bruins, that's for sure. It's been a long stretch here without them. Uh, but yeah, I've been meaning to get you on the podcast for a while. I think I've been following on Twitter for a bit and, and always a fan of, of your writing and your perspective on the team. Um, just wanted to start, I usually ask uh, people who come on the podcast kind of how um, how you started getting into hockey and how you started covering the Bruins. Can you uh, tell us a bit about kind of that journey to where you are now? Yeah, so I started writing for a platform called Primetime Sports Talk when I was a junior and senior in high school. Uh, that was pretty low-key. I had no credentials then. It was just kind of provi- providing my opinion on whatever uh, they wanted me to write about. Uh, and then once I got into college, um, I mean, I got into hockey as a kid, and I've always wanted to write about it. So when I got into college, I finally had the platforms where I could get credentials and uh, the resources that I needed here at BU. Um and yeah, so like you said, I now currently write about the Bruins, Boston Pride, also B Women's Hockey. Uh, and oh, very cool. last year, yeah, last year I had an internship with the Boston Pride. I was their uh, social media and content creator. Um, and that was pretty cool. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah. other than that, yeah. Very cool. And you've been, uh, I know you've been down to the garden to, to cover a bunch of games this season um what what are your thoughts kind of on how the Bruins have performed uh so far this season you think they're kind of above where you thought they'd be or um below where you thought they'd be I know you've you've been at a lot of games where they've gone to overtime and dropped some points is that a big disappointment or do you think this team is kind of where they should be at this point in the season um, I personally believe that where it's right, uh, where they are right now is where they should be. Um, and like you said, obviously overtime losses, it's not ideal. Uh, yeah. and Bruce Cassidy has addressed that, uh, to the media after the game, but 
uh, in terms of the state of the team, I think that they are in a solid position. Yeah, I mean, if you had told me that at the All-Star break, they'd be like tied for second overall in points, I would have been pretty ecstatic after how last season ended. Um, they start up on the road here on the weekend in, in Minnesota and in Winnipeg. And I think my biggest question is whether or not they can hold on to the top spot in the Atlantic. Um, I don't think they have to worry about Toronto and Florida too much, but Tampa Bay is coming up pretty pretty quickly on them. Do you think um, they have enough of a kind of buffer to hold on to that, or should uh, we be worried that they're going to slide back into the second spot, do you think? Yeah, so um, obviously their 60-minute effort, you know, from start to finish has been a bit of a problem the last half of, like, the first half of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. So if they can figure out how to not go into overtime, not go into a (laughs) shootout, (laughs) keep the lead in the third period, then I believe they'll be fine um, in terms of, like, that cushioning, like you said. So... I don't know. I mean, Cassidy has adjusted to the team as well, and that's what he hopes for um, in terms of room for growth. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's come to the point now where if they do go to the shootout, I just I just turn it off because there's really no yeah. point in watching yeah. it. Overtime is, can be exciting, but, uh, yeah, the shootouts are pretty much a write-off for this team. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully like, like I said, the points lost doesn't come back to bite them in the butt. So yeah that's that's definitely a concern um i guess we have a bit like uh less than a month until the trade deadline um based on what you've seen obviously they're not going to be trading you know any of the top the top guys but based on what you've seen are there any roster players that um you think could be used as part of a package like i think a couple years ago when they picked up rick nash it cost them uh, first round pick, uh, top defensive prospect, and then Ryan Spooner, who was on the main roster. I kind of see maybe Danton Heinen fitting into that possible guy that could be packaged. Um, do you do you see that as well, or, or is there anybody else on the main roster that you think could be maybe floated in a trade package to to upgrade the lineup? Yeah. So in terms of the like bigger names on the roster, I think Danton Heinen could also be a possibility. Uh, but more on like the lower end of it, uh, I could see John Moore, Parland Holmes, Stephen Camper possibly being uh, packaged as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, if John Moore could be traded, that would be pretty amazing considering he's got – I mean, his cap hit isn't too bad, but he's got the term left. And, yeah, he's been scratched a lot. That's why I didn't really understand – a couple of days ago, there was the report that the Bruins were in on Brendan Dillon, and he's a left-hand shot, kind of more physical kind of guy that they might like. But um, they already have four defensemen on the left side already. So to add him, I would think they'd have to either move more or maybe even Matt Grizzlick to uh, mm-hmm. make room for him. And I don't know, do you think do you think Grizzlick would be a candidate to go? Um, just because of his recent, uh, what's the term, play, I guess you could say, uh, I can see him, you know, being a possibility to be moved. Uh, but I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, 
I think I saw the other day too, like Grizzly could be with like the expansion draft coming up. They'd probably, yeah. I guess it depends on if Tory Krug is re-signed that say if Krug leaves, then they would um, be able to protect Grizzly. But if Krug signs, it would make it more difficult for them to protect him. So I can kind of see the logic in like um, getting ahead of that, maybe adding a guy like Kyle Palmieri who has some term on his contract. But um, I don't know. I don't really have much desire to to trade uh, Grizzly. Uh, that's for sure. I, th- I think he's played really well this season. Um, I know. Yeah, I'm going off. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm going off of that. I mean, even if we do lose, lose Grizzly, we've got a bunch of um, prospects that can come up and play at the same level he is, if not better, uh, to fill his shoes. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, Lozon looked pretty good before the break. Vakanainen's got to come up at some point, at the very least. So, yeah, you're you're totally right there. Um, one guy that seems, for whatever reason, to be facing a lot of criticism lately is um, Charlie McAvoy. And a lot of people just look at his point total, the fact that he's got no goals. Um, but what's your what's your take on on McAvoy this season? Do you think he's been a disappointment, or have you seen him take some steps forward this season despite the uh, offensive? I mean, dry dryness, I guess. I don't know what you would call it, but the lack of offensive uh, contributions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always been one to say that goals don't say everything about a player. Uh, mm-hmm. You really got to watch what they do, you know, off the puck or off the off the play or in the back of the play to make a play, et cetera. Um, and, I mean, Charlie McAvoy, he's got 17 points on the season. He's tied with Sean Corrales. That's all assists, obviously, but um, I think uh, he's in the middle of the road. Could be a little better, uh, but I wouldn't. I don't think he should be traded or even talked about being traded. No, yeah, yeah. I saw those. There was the report last week that that was something the Bruins might consider, and that I think that's just that's just ridiculous, in my opinion. That's, no, there's no reason to. Yeah, he's yeah, been mentioned sure. by Chara and. Yeah, I just don't see them doing that. Exactly. Um, You kind of mentioned earlier some guys that could come up and fill Grizzlick's shoes from the AHL. Um, I don't know how much Providence action you get to see. I basically get to see none, so I kind of rely on other people. Um, But is there anybody down there that you could see stepping up onto the NHL roster this year, like instead of making a trade, kind of looking at those internal – responses to kind of the issues that this team has yeah um one player that was actually recently called up was anton bleed uh and that was more so to replace nordstrom i forget why nordstrom was not able to play against vegas but um during that game i felt like he um gave the fourth line a bit of a a push um and cassidy has always talked about since he you know, got the coaching position here in Boston that he feels some, that something special about this team is the depth that they have in terms of um, their younger players mm-hmm. and coming up to the NHL and pushing their group to perform to their best ability. And if there was one player out of Providence that I could see becoming or coming up here and staying up here, it would be Anton Bleen um, in okay. terms of fourth line 
and third line uh, position. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that that Vegas game there, like with between him and Lozon and Coolman, there was like, it just seemed like there was a real nice um, energy to the team that hadn't been there previously. And I think that, uh, yeah, that's, that's spot on. I guess one question remaining is like, what, what's going to happen with David Backus, um, whether he'll report to Providence or request a trade. Um, there's, I think I saw that he's definitely not retiring is the word that Elliot Friedman said from Sportsnet. But do you have any thoughts or a sense of what uh, what Bacchus might do once this break is over and he has to make a decision? Yeah, I mean, there has been very little conversation about that, um, at least in the NHL level. Uh, but, <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty unfortunate what has happened with him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's really unfortunate for his position. But if I were him, I'd honestly request a trade. Uh, but if he's really not thinking about retiring, then maybe the AHL is where he should be with the Providence Bruins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see him requesting a trade. I, Bruins would probably have to add something to get a team to take on that contract. But um I heard the Ducks might be willing to take on some bad contracts, so maybe that would be a fit. But it, I guess it all depends on whether he'd want to move down to, to California at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are all the hockey questions. I did want to ask you about one more thing, and that is um, that you're going to be running in the Boston Marathon this year. Can you just tell us a bit about, um, yeah, why you chose to do that and, and how people can uh, – can kind of get behind you as you prepare for that? Yeah. Uh, so I've been running since I was nine years old. I ran my first 5K in my local home, our hometown. Uh, and ever since I was like little, you know, growing up in Boston, you watch the marathon, whether it's on TV or right. attending. And I just always wanted to run it, you know, being a runner and all. So <clears throat> I've always said I wanted to run it, but when the Boston Marathon bombings happened in 2013, that kind of just really made my push to say, okay, it's really like now, it's now or never, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I unfortunately could was not able to get the opportunity to run it um, during high school or freshman year of college, but um, I am running this spring for the Meb Kefleski Foundation. Uh, Meb is a four-time Olympian runner. Uh, he is now retired, but he won Boston 2014, so the year after the bombing, and he won New York 2017, I believe. Uh, oh, wow. And his foundation is all about um, empowering the youth uh, through education, health, and fitness, using running as like the base platform, but really, uh, it's all through any type of athletics, really. Um, and I mean, as a student athlete and as a athlete in my youth, um, I feel that this is something you're very passionate about. So the fact that I was able to join this foundation and join this charity was amazing. Uh, and sorry, what was the last bit you asked me? Um, yeah, if anybody, uh, how, how people could kind of support you in that or where they can find more information about, about who you're running for. Yeah, so you can find more information on my uh, GoFundMe slash CrowdRise, which is on my Twitter account, which is at Kara Mooney, C-A-R-A Mooney. 
um, or my Instagram, which is the same handle as my Twitter, just with an underscore after after it. And that cool. has all the information. Yeah, there. Cool. Yeah, and I was gonna ask you kind of where people can find you on Twitter. You already mentioned that, but where can people find uh, you're writing about, um, yeah, the Bruins, the Pride, BU women's hockey, all that kind of stuff. Where can, where can people track down your stuff? Yeah, so in terms of the Bruins, you can find me on Inside Hockey. Uh, that's the handle on Twitter as well. Uh, for the Pride, it is Bruins Diehard, which is also the same as the uh, <clears throat> handle for Twitter. And BU women's hockey, I'm currently writing for um, – the Daily Free Press, which is BU's student-run newspaper here on campus, um, and Boston Hockey Blog, which is kind of partnered with uh, the Daily Free Press, which, and also, actually, that's it right now. Yeah, that is right <laughs> that's yeah. That's quite a lot, anyways. I know uh, one last question during the break. I like to ask people kind of what they're, what they're watching or movies or any. Uh, shows that you're watching now that the break is on the bye week I know you're busy with school and stuff but is there anything that that you've been uh kind of watching to to kill the time between Bruins games here um to be honest what I've been watching is be woman talkie <laughs> nice. I have not okay. had any time I've had no time at all to watch anything on tv or any movies however um I did just finished last or two weeks ago I watched all the marvel movies in less than two months Oh my gosh, that's crazy! That Did you watch crazy. them in uh, the order of release or the chronological order? Uh, so I did it in order of release, but my brother was very critical and said I should have done it in, you know, <laughs> the other way. But very cool. Did you? Um, yeah. Since you had them all, what what was your favorite out of all of them after the watching? Yeah, so um, I gotta say either Guardians of the Galaxy one or Probably either Iron Man one or two. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think my I haven't seen them all in a while, but I think my favorite still is the first um, Captain America. I just I, I like mm-hmm. like the the setting and the storyline and stuff. I think that one is probably one of my favorites. But yeah, it's really hard to. I do like Iron Man two a lot as too as well. I haven't seen that for a, a quite a while though. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, thanks so much for taking some time to chat and uh, hopefully we can connect again uh, down the stretch and maybe into the playoffs as well. Hopefully it's a, another long run for the Bruins and yeah, all the best with uh, the end of the school year and, and all your, your hockey writing. And I hope people uh, take the time to to check out your stuff. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. All right. Have a good rest of the day. You as well. Bye. Yeah. It's time now for our daily look around the NHL at some news and notes making headlines. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin moved past Steve Eiserman for ninth on the all-time goals list. He's now one behind Marc Messier. He scored his 693rd career goal uh, in a loss to the Nashville Predators. So Ovi continues to fly up the uh, goal charts and uh, yeah, there's an outside chance that he could indeed catch Wayne Gretzky at some point in the next few years, which would be pretty cool. Um, Battle of Alberta picked up again last night as Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk squared off following uh, their last 
meeting, which resulted in a suspension for uh, Zach Cassian, who took exception to some hits leveled on him by uh, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Ryan Rashog of TSN, he said, uh, quoted Cassian as saying, uh, thanks, kid. I appreciate you doing this. He showed a healthy amount of respect for Kachuk. Said Kachuk wanted to go right away, but Cassian wanted him to think about it for a bit first. Game within the game. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter that it's kind of sad that uh, this all went down on Bell Let's Talk Day. Um, if we really value, you know, mental health, uh, brain health, then this kind of stuff uh, has nothing to do with the game itself. And um, I mean, it's somewhat entertaining, I suppose, but um, I don't really have time for that kind of just uh, hockey culture that dictates when and who should square off and, and punch each other in the face. I've said that before on the podcast. I'm more fine with like organic fighting that comes in the natural course of the game, but this kind of staged um, retribution hockey code stuff is kind of ridiculous. Speaking of Cassian, he also signed a four-year, $12.8 million contract extension, uh, which is a bit questionable on the Oilers' uh, part. But if you consider how Cassian four years ago was in the NHL substance abuse program um, and where he's come since then, it's a pretty good story um, for the 29-year-old. Uh, the Leafs won again last night, and Austin Matthews scored, so he's now only one point back. Sorry, one goal back of um, our boy David Pasternak for the NHL goals lead. Both guys have now played 51 games. Pasternak with 37 goals on 200 shots. Austin Matthews with 36 goals on 202 shots. So uh, this could come down to the wire. Alexander Ovechkin is also right up there with 35 goals um, in 50 games. Uh, and Nathan McKinnon is the only other player to hit 30 goals so far this season. So looks like it'll be a three-horse race, and it'll be interesting to see if Ovechkin can uh, jump up and defend his crown. On uh, the rumor mill, uh, Elliot Friedman dropped his uh, 31 thoughts yesterday, and the first thing I always do is Control-F Bruins. Uh, there wasn't really any... Uh, rumors in there. So I jumped over and took a look at uh, Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. They released a uh, 31 teams uh, trade deadline primer. And uh, so it was interesting to see what they had to say. Uh, they said the most logical fit is Tyler Toffoli, the Los Angeles Kings winger who bounced back with a solid offensive season after his numbers plummeted last season. A second rounder and a prospect can get it done. If that's the case, then I would like to see that happen uh, sooner than later. Uh, they added, we they can't help but imagine Cam Neely wouldn't mind seeing Chris Kreider, a power forward, after his own heart joined the black and gold. That wouldn't be the first or last bit of business between the Rangers, GM Jeff Gordon, and Boston. Obviously, they did that Rick Nash trade a couple years ago. Um, the price for Kreider would be higher, I believe, than Toffoli. If Toffoli is available at that price, I say uh, go ahead and do it. Of course, we're waiting to see what is going to happen with David Backus. Um, he has not yet reported to Providence, um, 
and hasn't requested a trade. We don't really know what's going to happen as Carolyn and I chatted about. Um, so that could clear up some additional cap space depending on what he decides to do. Um, I've mentioned they have all their draft picks except for a fourth rounder in 2020. And um, yeah, I think um, they have the ability to make a move or two and um I think yeah, if they can get to Foley, then go for it. Kreider might be more of a game changer. Uh but the cost will be higher, of course. So yeah, again, we're just waiting to see what's gonna happen. Uh with less than a month here to go before the deadline. Uh Elliot Freeman did mention that it looked like the Maple Leafs had looked into Minnesota wild defenseman Matt Dumba. Um the Wild could look to trade him. He's uh, got a $6 million cap hit. Um, and, you know, he's had a, a down year last year due to injury, but uh, he's a very talented young defenseman. Uh, they'd have to make some moves in order to um, clear some cap space to pick him up. Um, perhaps move Tyson Berry. As he hasn't really fit in, it doesn't seem like. Um, so we'll see what happens there as well. Uh, Brett Sergalis of the New York Post talking about Kreider. He mentions he'll probably fetch at least a first-round pick and perhaps more. The package for Rick Nash, who's a similar player to Kreider, although probably more of a pure goal scorer. Uh, Again, it was Ryan Lindgren, Ryan Spooner, and a first-round pick. So that might be the comparison uh, that the Bruins might have to cough up in order to... um, yeah, make do. Um, one reminder as we near trade season, look out for, you know, fake accounts, erroneous reports, uh, trust the main insiders and team accounts for official news and um, stay away from Hockey Insider with two Y's and two R's who looks to have made a comeback here on Twitter.com. That's it for today's podcast. Thanks again to Carolyn for joining me. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing the Bruins get back in action here on uh, Friday night in Winnipeg against the Jets and then again on Saturday against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Um, yeah, thanks again for taking some time to listen. Thanks again for all the support and uh This is the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends.